PenPod, internal medicine podcasts from the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania. Welcome to the PenPod on pulmonary hypertension. Pulmonary hypertension, or PH, is defined as an elevated mean arterial pressure greater than or equal to 20 millimeters of mercury based on right heart catheterization. There are five main groups of PH designated by the World Health Organization based on shared pathophysiological characteristics. Group 1 PH includes patients with idiopathic pulmonary arterial hypertension and associated pulmonary arterial hypertension. Associated pulmonary arterial hypertension can occur in a variety of conditions, most importantly in patients with connective tissue disease, most commonly systemic sclerosis, but also a host of other conditions including HIV, congenital heart disease, portal hypertension, and schistosomiasis, which is the most common cause of group 1 pH worldwide. It can also be associated with various drugs, including amphetamines and historically the diet pill Fenfen. Group 2 is pH due to left heart disease and is the most common cause of pH in developed nations. It accounts for about 60 to 70 percent of pH. This can be caused by left ventricular systolic or diastolic dysfunction, mitral and aortic valve disease, and certain congenital heart conditions. In these situations, the pulmonary capillary wedge pressure, which is an estimation of left atrial pressure, will be high, usually greater than 15. Group 3 is pH due to chronic hypoxic lung disease, including COPD, OSA, and OHS. This is the second most common cause of pH and accounts for about 20% of cases of pH. Group 4 pH is also called CTEF or chronic thromboembolic pulmonary hypertension, and is caused by obstruction and narrowing of the pulmonary arterial bed by chronic organized thromboembolic disease. Group 5 includes patients who have pH due to multiple different mechanisms or unclear mechanisms. This group includes pH caused by chronic hemolytic anemia such as sickle cell, beta-thalassemia, spherocytosis, myeloproliferative disorders, systemic disorders such as sarcoid, and metabolic disorders including glycogen storage disease. Presentation and diagnosis. Symptoms of pH can be quite nonspecific, including exertional dyspnea and fatigue. As a result, these patients are often labeled with other conditions and end up getting diagnosed with pH only late in the course of their disease. Additional symptoms develop as pH progresses, leading to right ventricular hypertrophy and right ventricular failure. It's important to understand that right ventricular failure is what drives mortality in these patients so that the patient with lower pulmonary pressures but a failing RV is actually sicker than the patient with higher pulmonary pressures but a well-compensated RV. On exam, signs of pulmonary hypertension include a palpable P2, a loud P2, which means that you can hear the P2 in the aortic or mitral positions, and RV heave. Signs of RV failure are elevated JVP, hepatojugular reflux, ascites, enlarged liver, and lower extremity edema. EKG may show RV hypertrophy with a strain pattern, which is an increased R-wave amplitude with ST segment depression and T-wave inversion in the precordial leads, and RA enlargement, which is an increased P-wave amplitude in leads 2 and V1. Transthoracic echo should be obtained if pH is suspected. An echo can estimate the RV systolic pressure based on the tricuspid regurgitant velocity and, most importantly, give an assessment of right ventricular function. 
An RV systolic pressure greater than or equal to 36 is considered abnormal. The echo can also be helpful in determining the etiology of the pH. For example, the presence of left atrial enlargement and LVH is strongly suggestive of group 2 pH. Importantly, an echocardiogram is just a screening test which can both over or underestimate right ventricular pressure. Ultimately, a right heart cath is necessary to confirm the diagnosis of pH and determine if there is concomitant left heart disease. All consideration of any advanced therapies requires a right heart cath. In patients without left heart disease or with pH out of proportion to the degree of left heart disease, there should be additional testing to look for alternative causes of pH. Workup should be driven by the history and physical, but includes pulmonary function testing to evaluate for group 3 disease and overnight oximetry or a formal sleep study to rule out OSA. A VQ scan should be performed to assess for CTEF, as a normal VQ scan excludes CTEF with a sensitivity of 96% and a specificity of 90 to 95%. Serologic testing can include HIV, liver function tests, and an ANA. Also, patients suspected of having group 1 PAH should undergo a bubble study to exclude congenital heart disease. Treatment. Treatment for PH is divided into three categories. One, supportive care. Two, treating the underlying cause. And three, advanced therapies targeting the pulmonary hypertension itself. Supportive care. Regardless of the etiology of pH, general supportive measures include oxygen therapy where appropriate and maintaining euvolemia. Maintaining euvolemia is the single most important aspect of taking care of any form of pulmonary hypertension. In patients with biventricular failure, reducing left-sided pressures will reduce RV afterload. Due to ventricular interdependence, a dilated RV will lead to bowing of the interventricular septum and reduction of left ventricular output. In isolated RV failure, diuretics reduce the right atrial pressure and right ventricular size, which improves both RV and LV stroke volume. In patients with severe right ventricular function, diuresis should be done cautiously as the RV poorly tolerates rapid shifts in volume and overdiuresis can lead to hypotension. Group 1 treatment. All current advanced therapies for PH have been studied only in patients with group 1 PAH. Advanced therapies are divided into three categories. One, prostacyclin analogs. Prostacyclin is produced endogenously in the pulmonary arterial endothelial cells and has vasorelaxant and antiproliferative properties. This includes troprostanol and epoprostanol. 2. Endothelin-1 is a potent vasoconstrictor. Endothelin receptor antagonists include macetentin and ambrosentin. 3. Nitric oxide is a potent vasorelaxant and acts via cyclic GMP, which is broken down by phosphodiesterase 5. Sildenafil and tadalafil are phosphodiesterase inhibitors. Group 2, treatment consists of targeting the underlying left heart disease. Group 3, treatment consists of reversing hypoxemia and treating the underlying lung disease. Group 4, pulmonary thromboendarterectomy is the only potentially curative therapy for group 4 pH. However, advanced therapy with Rio-Siguat, which is a soluble guanylate cyclist stimulant, can be considered for patients who are not operative candidates or have a suboptimal outcome following surgery. In group 5, treatment depends on the underlying cause. A few important take-home points regarding critically ill pH patients. 
In patients with group 1 PH on PAH meds, do not stop their meds due to hypotension. These medications do not cause systemic hypotension, and if you stop them, you'll suddenly increase the RV afterload, which will cause decreased RV stroke volume, leading to decreased LV stroke volume, leading to decreased LV cardiac output, and you could then actually cause worsening hypotension. Arrhythmias are poorly tolerated in severe pH due to loss of atrial kick. Avoid beta blockers or calcium channel blockers in severe RV dysfunction without discussing first with the pH team. Critically ill pH patients will often require central venous access for inotropes and closer hemodynamic monitoring as their volume status can be tenuous. Dobutamine and dopamine can improve RV contractility and hence stroke volume and may be used in decompensated patients. However, this can be limited by tachycardia. Milrinone also provides RV support but causes systemic hypotension. In terms of vasopressors, low doses of epinephrine and norepinephrine can help to augment systemic vascular resistance, although they are alpha agonists, so can also increase pulmonary vascular resistance. Vasopressin has a pulmonary vasodilatory effect, so can be a helpful adjunct. Inhaled flolan is also very helpful in reducing PA pressures and does not cause systemic hypotension. It also improves VQ matching by increasing perfusion to ventilated areas. IV prostanoids can also be used in certain cases. These patients are sick and can decompensate rapidly so don't hesitate to call the pulmonary hypertension consultant on call if you're ever unsure of management. That concludes this pen pod on pulmonary hypertension. Hope you found it helpful. Thanks so much for listening.